Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. We were joined by Jamestown Mayor Eddie Sunquist to talk about elections, a new cannabis outlet, the city budget, and more. It's the day after Election Day, and in the Jamestown mayoral race, we had incumbent Democrat Eddie Sunquist against Republican Kim Eklund. Kim Eklund won that race last night. This morning, we welcome Mayor Sunquist to the WRFA studio. So how, how are you doing this day after elections? I'm doing okay, Julia. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the budget because that's always, I mean, it's November, it's budget time. But I just want to kind of ask, you know, what else is going to be up for you for the rest of the, your term? Well, we still have a strong two months left to go and uh, we continue to represent the city. But as you pointed out, the uh, the budget is still a large concern. We also have a bond hanging out there that we need to figure out. Uh, and so it's just a matter of uh, working to transition the office uh, at this point on top of all of the other things that we are still doing in our departments. You mentioned last night when we talked that, you know, there's grants that are, you know, hanging out there and there was a little bit of a grant presentation and update on where things were with the city. Now, if I looked at that grant report correctly, it looked like Paula Pichon's brought in between the city and Jamestown Community College, who she also works for under the Shared Services Agreement, about $33 million over the last two years. Does that seem correct? That's accurate, yes. So um, what are you? Is what's hanging out there that maybe you're looking at, you have to kind of wrap up with grants before the end of the year? Well, we have a lot of state grants that are usually awarded a lot later than some of the federal grants. And so we're just kind of waiting to see if we're going to receive those, how they're going to look. Uh, and we're we're kind of working through that process. So we've we made a concerted effort as a city to focus on more grant opportunities because we just started seeing those across the the government, right, both state and federal. And so we were able to tap into a lot of those resources, uh, some that are helping us uh, offset administrative costs. Uh, and so we're just waiting to see if we're going to get those. Uh, many of which we applied early in the year are now finally rolling out, and uh, it's just a matter of wait and see, I guess. Mm-hmm. And as we know, you know, New York State with Empire State Development, we usually hear in December around that time about yes. some of the some of their grant uh, that people applied for maybe in summertime. Absolutely, New York is always a wait and see kind of uh, kind of program. Right. Well, well, we'll talk about one of the, the grants you recently received later on in, in in the program. But I think one of the questions that people will have is now suddenly you're going to have time on your hands after December 31st. Do you have ideas of what maybe is next for you yet? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do with my free time, my newfound free time, because I, I didn't get much of it. But uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's really been my honor to be mayor the last four years. And we fought like hell for everything that we, we were able to do and for the people here in the city. And I, I'm proud of that work. Um, I don't know what's next. I think we're really still focused on the next two months and getting through that process. 
but I'm going to continue to do uh, what I've been doing all along, and that's uh, serving the people of Jamestown in whatever capacity that may be uh, come January 1st. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you'd run for another political office again? I don't know yet. Uh, I think it's too early to tell. And, uh, you know, I think that has been an incredible experience uh, being an elected official right now. We've really put Jamestown on the map, right, and created a voice both on the state and federal level or nationwide level for the city. And we'll we'll do what we can. But whether I'm going to run again for office, I, I think that's a little too early to tell. I think I'm just trying to figure out right now what's the next step in this process and how do we do as much as we can in the last two months and then focus on uh, what's next for Jamestown. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully you're willing to come back in December because if you come back for our monthly interview, then I will talk more about with what you did accomplish and what had had gone over the last four years. So I promise that we'll talk about some of those things since you normally would do those at a state of the uh, city address in January, but yeah. we normally would. Yeah. yeah. I'll check my calendar to make sure okay. I'm free, but I think I am. So, okay, great. Well, so cause uh, yeah, there's a, I was thinking about the last four years. There's a lot has, has happened. A lot and, has happened. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, as a, as a community, we've made it through probably the, the largest crisis we'll see in our lifetime. And we've we've made it through fairly successfully as a community. And uh, so you're right. There's been a lot of firsts, <laughs> a lot of firsts uh, in, in the city and happy to talk about those and talk about the work we all did together. Mm -hmm. So in terms of work that remains to be finished, the 2024 budget is now where I call it the deliberation stage. We've heard the presentations from all the department heads. Um, how do you think things are going so far? Well, we have a, the budget is, is pretty straightforward this year. You know, we've we've obviously added a, a little bit in some areas which we thought would be really beneficial, both demolitions and creating a sidewalk fund. We've also added funding to help uh, deal with some of our stormwater sewers and things like that. Uh, but other than that, uh, you, you heard from many of the department heads that besides a few things that have popped up along the way that they may want adjusted, um, it's probably it's really good budget for many of the departments. Uh, it's added positions where needed. And we you know made some cuts just based on usage and actual uh, spending for the last average of five years. Uh, and some department heads asked for a little bit more in some areas. But uh, for the most part, I think there is it's a solid budget, and we're just waiting to see what city council will do with it. One of the things that we anticipate that they're going to do with the budget is, and it's something that they'll be voting on the same night that they would vote on the budget on November 27th, is changing this, um, well, I guess voting for a local law that changes the um, rate, the rebate rate for senior citizens under property taxes, raising it the the income limit from nineteen thousand to twenty two thousand. I mean, do, in terms of that local law and its impact on the budget, whatever. I don't know what council is going to do in terms of rectifying that. Uh, do you feel that that was a good move that they're going forward with that? Well, it certainly is. It's something that's been discussed for for a while, and I'm glad that the city council decided to move forward with it. You know, uh, we, we often call that an aged exemption or a senior citizen exemption. So if you uh, make under a certain amount, uh, you receive a, an exemption on your taxes. And as, as part of that, the uh, average amount that a senior citizen may receive under Social Security has gone up. Right. And but we haven't adjusted those minimum numbers from our side as well. So in many cases, uh, there are seniors that would drop off of that exemption program 
just because of a cost of living increase from the federal government. So we wanted to try to rectify that, and I think uh, City Council is absolutely right for doing so. Uh, it's a law, local law that I fully support. Uh, we will have to make adjustments uh, to the budget, so we'll have to you know, increase one and decrease another uh, to make up for the loss of tax income, uh, but it's, uh, it's not something that's insurmountable. Mm-hmm. I think the number that Councilmember at Large Jeff Russell said he got from the assessor's office it, it comes around to just over twenty one thousand dollars, which yeah, I mean, like yeah, as you said, that that money has to be found somewhere else in the budget, whether it's a cut or or they take money from the fund balance, whatever the case may be. And I'm trying to remember your your proposed budget didn't take any money from the fund balance. Am I re- do I remember that correctly? That is correct. There is okay. no use of fund balance in this budget. Okay, so that I mean. They do have that available to them, but fund balance is a very healthy level at this point. I think, we're, are you at that, I don't remember what percentage you are at right now, but I remember that it was a good number. I think we're right around $7 million in uh, fund balance, and that puts us in line with the recommendation from the, the state comptroller's office uh, in terms of what they often call a rainy day fund. So how much funding can you sustain if the, you know, if the government needed to continue to operate and had no additional money coming in? Right. Yeah, that's one of those things. The fund balance was something that was discussed even during by the Chautauqua County Legislature because they also have a, a very healthy fund balance too. An enviable amount compared. I think you would love to have their 30-some million dollars in your fund balance that the it's county has. It's certainly a lot, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. And it was like, you know, a discussion that, that that is something that we haven't seen in municipal governments necessarily in Chautauqua County for a while just because of all the, you know, monetary um hardships that have, have been faced, you know, whether it was a 2008 recession uh, and things like that. So um, so where we are with what the um, city council, like I said, they'll have to vote on the budget by the 27th. I'm into, I guess they have a public hearing coming up on Monday, the uh, November 13th. So basically that once they pass it, then it comes to you for if you decide to do anything, do you have you heard of anything that they're maybe proposing that you might say, no, I'm not on board with that, I might veto that? You have done that in the past, uh, but has anything come up that you've heard from council members that you think is going to be egregious? Uh, no, not at this time. Mostly the, the only thing we've heard of so far is going to be the aged exemption change. And so that's a matter of figuring out where it's going to come from. Um, there is some talk that we will most likely move the public hearing and maybe give some opportunity for some time for amendments. Uh, it's uh, we, we just found out that it didn't get published in time, so we'll, we'll have to uh, unfortunately move the public hearing. But that actually is a really good opportunity for city council to be able to get those amendments in uh, a little bit later than they normally would. So it actually might make it worth more worthwhile for the public to be able to uh, talk about and discuss those amendments. So we're working through that process now. Uh, last I heard, the clerk's office was working with the city council to try to uh, get that squared away. And I don't think that we have, in at least the last couple of years, even seen some amendments before the public hearing. Most of them have come on the floor on the voting session day. So look forward to hearing what comes out in the, in that pre-file. Yes. So, all right. So that would be the budget. Um, something that came that was ran in the Jamestown Post Journal recently was this editorial suggesting that the city consider creating a nonpartisan ethics commission in light of several concerns about the appearance of unethical actions by the city do you have any thoughts on that that you know is this something i mean obviously it's a different situation here where 
if you were looking at it the four years that, you know, it would be something on your plate possibly. But do you think this is something you would recommend for the next mayor to take on to create this ethics commission? Well, the city certainly uh, can create an ethics commission. And in fact, that has to be established by a local law. Uh, and so you know, if the city council wanted to take that up, I, I think that's certainly a, a fine idea. You know, I think uh, with any ethics commission, I think you have to understand what are the what's the teeth that they have, right? Is it just to say, hey, we think these things are unethical or do they have an option or an opportunity to take some action? And I think that's a concern with a lot of our ethics boards uh, and it's something that we've seen statewide, right? We've had the state ethics board uh, turned over multiple times uh, and there's a real question of does, does that board have the ability to take some type of action? Uh, the county has an ethics board as well. Uh, but uh, the city does not currently have one, and it certainly could by legislation. Mm-hmm. So something happening downtown in the last week is that there is a grower showcase that has opened up on North Main Street. Uh, they will be selling cannabis products at their location now until I think the end of some sometime in December. And just kind of like wanted to talk to you about that because obviously in part of your administration once New York State legalized uh, recreational marijuana and cannabis that uh, you said you would be willing to work with companies coming in. So do you, what, what do you know about this grower showcase? What is this uh, situation over on North Main? <laughs> well, we, we actually certainly know a lot because all of the grower showcases have been kind of vetted through the city. They go through not only our public safety department, uh, but uh, through our fire department and, and others. We want to learn about that business operation in case there are any other issues. Uh, so there have been uh, at least two or three requests for grower showcases. Only one has been granted by the Office of Cannabis Management. Uh, it's one with uh, by a company called Herbal IQ that currently has a retail dispensary license, um, also known as a card license. It's a conditional uh, license, and they're conducting this operation uh, here in the city. Uh, and it is it's something that we're really excited about. And, and here's why, Julia, why it's so important, because we have a bunch of farmers around this area, including in the city of Jamestown, that have been authorized to grow cannabis, marijuana. And they have a stock supply and they, they have no outlet to go and sell their product. And so this is an opportunity for those farmers, both again in the city and outside of the city, to be able to sell that product, actually make some money, get moving on this process before the state does a large scale uh, opening of uh, uh, dispensaries. Mm-hmm. And we know that that process, at least, especially in Western New York, was hampered by a lawsuit that had been filed by a, a business in Michigan. So, and I think that that's been settled out. Um, I don't know where the injunction stands with the. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're talking about this is New York State. In, in, oh, there are two lawsuits. There's two. two, two are there two more? Because I knew about the one that the veterans have filed. That's the other one. Yeah, okay, yeah, the yeah. veterans have filed, basically saying that you know they they weren't given the opportunity to apply uh, under the state regulations, and but then in October the state opened up the licensing to everybody. So I'm th- kind of like thinking, well, does that negate the veterans' lawsuit because then they, they can apply? Now they're not exempt from you know saying well you don't meet this certain criteria, so with the uh, the grower showcase that location I understand they're planning on trying to get a permanent 
dispensary on that at that location? They are. Yes. The that is uh, so. Right now, you have to have a license in order to operate a grower showcase. So Herbal IQ is a is a license holder, a licensee from Buffalo. And, uh, that's correct. Yep. yep. And so they've they're working with the same people that are that have actually applied. Uh, for an, an, an adult use dispensary license. So that, that organization is called Lifted. Uh, and so they're in the process of an application which has already opened up and will close uh, soon. Uh, but in the meantime, they're working with Herbal IQ and they're learning the business, which is an even better thing. And they're also uh, determining and figuring out what the market is going to look like here in the city. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, obviously, one of the things the city's looking at doing is, you know, overhauling its zoning and all that. But there's really no restrictions on where a dispensary can be located in the city right now. Well, it can't be located in residential areas. So it does have to be uh, through our city zoning. It has to be in an area that would allow some type of commercial retail. So uh, there, there is some restrictions there. There's also restrictions based on the state. So you can only be uh, so far from a school, a church, a daycare, those types of things. The state does look at those and ensure the same thing occurs with liquor licenses. Uh, so very similar rules. You know, you can't open a bar in certain locations. Uh, and so they're, they're very clear about that. And they run through that process when they look at licensees or applicants. Mm-hmm. With the Grower Showcase, so from what I, I remember when it was brought up and suggested uh, to the Cannabis Control Board in June with, with the idea, and I think then they passed it in July, uh, that they mentioned that, okay, then they have to get municipal approval and then they have to get state approval. So this is not just like they this group wanted to come down from Buffalo, set up shop and say, hey, we just want to do this. It's fun. It's great. So there was some some process they had to go through with the city. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So they do have to get municipal approval. And so we'll, we issue uh, you know, letters of support or letters of you know, uh, concern. And that, that's not only for grower showcases, but for uh, applicants uh, for dispensary license as well. We review every single dispensary license uh, because we receive a notification as part of it and we have 30 days to comment. Uh, so with the grower showcases, we we actually were expecting two showcases, and only one was approved by OCM. Hmm. And that's interesting, yeah. Because one of the things I we wondered about is whether or not we'd see one before the farmers market, public market downtown had ended for the season. Obviously, that didn't take place. So, well, yeah. So, so that's a. Uh, the update on cannabis. We always we said we were wondering how things were going to go. Slow going in New York State, but we do at least have seen some movement. It's in- certainly a growing industry. <laughs> And I'll laugh because I appreciate I appreciate the pun. So going back to uh, a grant announcement that recently came out, the city is going to receive nearly $983,000 from the Environmental Justice Government to Government Program. We don't know what that is. I mean, I, I'm so, I, I got the press release from our Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and I read and I said, well, it seems like they're going to be doing something with houses. But yeah. I was trying to really wrap my head around, what what is this grant going to do? So this was a really interesting grant because it's an opportunity. It was really focused on uh, clean air and uh, better uh, quality of living. It's, it's done through the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. And we wrote the grant to focus on what we call uh, retooling homes. Right? How do we focus on or change homes to ensure that they have a healthy climate for those that live in, in it, uh, but also are focused on more of a net zero model? So this, this grant in particular is really great because it allows us to not only survey homes in our area to figure out what are the things they need to move towards electrification, clean climate, better energy usage, 
And then how can we then use those funds to implement uh, changes into those homes? So we're really looking to create the model uh, for homes and where they should be to ensure that people are living healthy and they are energy efficient uh, and are supporting what we are expecting years down the road, which is electrification of, of many of those, those functions. Uh, so this is a great opportunity for us to figure out and create a plan, but also make a model out of some of these homes that we can use going in the future. Right. You mentioned that. That was an important thing about the um, the Climate Change Act that the that New York State passed. Uh, the concern has been is how do we bring these homes that are on natural gas or other things that aren't electric forward and it seems like while this is a federal program it seems like this is maybe part of an answer to here's some of the funds that we have to make available to help homeowners with this issue yeah i I completely agree with that i I don't we don't have an answer on how we get to the state's goals of electrification of homes and to deal with you know kind of uh, changing energy requirements Uh, But you hit the nail on the head when you're saying this is an opportunity. We saw this as an opportunity to help create that model that we can then use and say, if you want your home to have a healthy climate, to be safe for kids and your family members in there, but also meet the energy needs of the future, here's the blueprint on how that works. And we're going to go ahead and test that out and show you that it works and then find other ways to help fund that process. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm assuming part of that blueprint is, I saw there's a couple partners that are gonna be part of implementing this grant, one of them being the Jamestown BPU, makes sense. They're the the city's municipal uh, utility. But I also saw that uh, CRIC, Chautauqua Home Rehabilitation, and I forget what the IC stands for, but CRIC is also involved, and I think there was another group as well. So how will those two other groups be part of the implementation of the grant? Yeah, so those other organizations already do some home redevelopment and uh, rehab support. And so they have other uh, other grants and other opportunities, uh, but they also uh, regularly deal with lead issues uh, in homes. They deal with climate issues already in homes, right? Um, a lot of people don't realize that their own kind of furnaces and um, different equipment in their home may actually be bad for their health. <laughs> so um, that's, that's work that these organizations already do. So we're able to enhance that work. Uh, and also try to figure out you know, what it is we need in order to move every home into the future. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead at this weekend, it is Veterans Day on Saturday. I want to know, if um, do you, are you aware of any activities that are taking place for Veterans Day here in the city of Jamestown? Yeah, there is a, uh, there's a ceremony that'll happen uh, outside of uh, St. Luke's Church on, uh, I think, 3rd and North Main Street. Uh, which happens every year uh, for our veterans. Uh, JCC is also doing a veterans run. And so we certainly encourage folks uh, to who'd like to try to take their hand at a 5K and they want to join in on, on the run that they've got going on. Um, but more importantly, it's a time to reflect on our veterans and on those that have you know uh, given in service. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you would like to share with us before we end today? No, appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. Of course.